0: Welcome to The Big Event. This is a flashback episode featuring Leslie Sbrocco, host of Check, Please! Bay Area. Leslie was a delightful guest when she came on last year around this time, even if we didn't get to drink any wine. And the subject of this episode, Check, Please! Bay Area Kids, is back for a second season in October 2019. The first of four episodes premiered October 1st. Here's me and Leslie Sbrocco.
1: From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: We're in the age of peak television. There's more good programming on TV than it's possible to watch. But I still feel like something's missing. I grew up in the era of personality-driven Bay Area TV shows, programs like Evening Magazine with Jan Yanahiro and Richard Hart, People are talking with Ann and Ross, home turf on K-R-O-N with Dominique DePrima. I've always felt that flame is being carried by Leslie Sabraco and Check Please Bay Area, the KQED program that's celebrating its 13th season. My next-door neighbor, an Alameda police officer, was one of the guest reviewers on Check Please last year. My softball team sponsor, Monkey King Pub, has been featured. It's just different watching a show knowing you might run into one of the stars tomorrow on Muni. Sbrocco's a big part of that with her giant wine glass and patient but fun-loving vibe. Here's Leslie Sbrocco talking about the genesis of the new KQED special, Check Please, Bay Area Kids.
1: Was in, I wanna say in February, I got a note to my office and it was a seven-year-old girl who wrote me a, a letter. And in her handwritten letter, dear Leslie, I am a huge fan of the show. I am seven years old, and one day I will have your job. What? <laughs> and I thought I love her. This is a girl with gumption. And she told me um, her favorite restaurants and why. You know, I love the orange juice. And, and then she drew a picture of me on the set with my blonde hair, and you know, and and it was just the cutest thing. And so we invited her and her parents and her sister to the set during a taping that spring. And we just kept going on and on. We really need to do this. And so we just made a commitment and said, let's get this together. And luckily, uh, KQED was able to run, uh, you know, land the funding to do that Mm -hmm. for a four-part series. And that was the, the driving force behind it.
0: Check, Please! Bay Area Kids begins on November 29th. One thing that was very on brand about this interview, Sbrocco, who's a wine consultant and wine speaker, brought a bottle of wine for the big event recording that accidentally broke in the parking lot. She came into the Chronicle at 11 a.m. smelling faintly like a dry French rosé wine. We talked about the origin of the show, what goes on behind the scenes, and Sbrocco's dedication to wine. Revealed later on this episode, she has a tattoo of sparkling champagne on her calf. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle, Check Please, Bay Area host, Leslie Sabraco.
1: Hello, Peter, I'm thrilled to be here.
0: I am so glad you're here. I, I watched the show. I have to tell you, like half of my prep was deciding whether or not i should bring a wine glass <laughs> and just have it poured there for it's, you it's
1: time it's it, we've got you know this is the morning time i would call it breakfast wine brunch wine
0: yeah i mean pros it's leslie sobraco it's, yes, it's
1: we're used to tasting at 9 a.m i actually brought you a bottle of wine but it broke on the way in it fell out oh, of my car that was so. a tragedy i'm
0: sorry to hear that um but I the, the cons for me were it's 11 a.m., and mm-hmm. we, we talked about that, that. Also, we're in the archive of the Chronicle. Right. This isn't a really good drinking spot.
1: No, I've got my coffee right here. Got the so coffee. So we're in good shape.
0: Okay, so next time, wine glass. Absolutely. Um, we're gonna talk about quite a few things Check Please Bay Area, thirteenth season.
1: We have finished our thirteenth season. We will be starting to shoot our fourteenth season in January, and we have an exciting new project, which I know we want to talk about, called Check Please Kids. Check Please Bay Area Kids.
0: Check Please Bay Area Kids. I have kids. Um, I work with kids. I'm a basketball coach. I have a lot of questions. Yes, so absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about that. I wanted to. Um, Kind of go to the beginning though, Mm -hmm. because this show I've been watching. How much time do we have in the beginning? (laughs) And I have so many questions while I'm watching Mm -hmm. it. So that's basically what a lot of this podcast is going to be for me. I wanted to start with do you remember your job interview? I mean, what was that like?
1: I totally remember it because this show originated, the concept um, originated in Chicago at their public television station there Mm -hmm. and by the time we were the second city to do the check please concept and so i i want to say they they were in their second or third season by the time that we started 13 years ago at kqed and the first season, very famously, had the very first show of the Chicago uh, show had Barack Obama, who was a young state senator, uh-huh. on. So I have joked that in thirteen years he's gone on to run the country, and I've you know still doing <laughs> still doing joke, please. But um, so we licensed the concept KQED, and they. At the time, I was doing a the wine tips for, because I'm basically a wine consultant, wine speaker, uh, wine expert, wine judge, and so I was doing the wine tips for a cooking show that was on PBS. Mm-hmm. And so they had been interviewing people for the show to be the host, and they, I got a call that they would like to see me and go into the studio, and I remember just getting in, doing a read for them, and they might tell it differently, but I think it was a done deal at that point. I, th- I th- you know, they kind of said, "Ah, this is this is what we've been looking for."
0: Did you did you like the concept? Question one and and question one B. Did you bring the looseness into it because it it's the a very comfortable vibe, um, and we'll talk about that more later. But I'm wondering if that's something that kind of was there from the beginning.
1: That's great. Both great questions. Yes, I love the concept because it's an everyman's version of food critique. And it's essentially what happens in anybody who likes food or doesn't like food. You you go out to eat, you sit around the table, and you talk about food. You call that clam chowder? That's not clam chowder. So we're basically taking a slice of what happens at home or, you know, when friends get together, and bringing it to television. Our goal is really just to be a fly on the wall in this group of of folks talking about food and favorite restaurants. So I love the concept that it was everyday people that it wasn't a food critic who was, who was giving the review, and that I, I adore the interaction between people. Mm-hmm. What you see is live to tape. We shoot three shows a day, and they are live to tape, which means we run a little bit long uh, so we can trim some things out, but we don't redo things, right? You're, you're seeing the, the natural interaction. I don't meet the guests before they appear on the show. Um, and we can talk about this more, the process kind of, of of how we select the guests and what happens in the background of Check, Please. So the, the one thing that, that I asked, I remember when I first got the job, I asked the question, so I don't get to give my opinion? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm the host, but I don't get to give my opinion? And that has proven to be the hardest piece of it for me throughout the years is because I visit many of the restaurants – And because my job is in food and wine outside of KQED, I have a lot of opinions. Just ask anybody who works with me or any of my friends. They call me Leslie Light on the show. (laughs) Because my goal is to make it comfortable. My job as a host is to bring out the best in everybody and to keep the show flowing and to keep that natural, comfortable feel. And my job is not to give my opinion. That would be a different show.
0: That sounds really hard. It because is very people hard. People must get things wrong. all They the do, time. and
1: you can see my face a little <laughs> bit. I tell people, if you if you watch me closely, they, kind of, I'm I'm sort of you know forced smiling when I hear some things that I go, are you crazy? Just what are you talking about?
0: Take an extra long drink. Yes, when I'm just sort of. <laughs> well, I don't
1: drink until show three. Okay, <laughs> no sips for me until show three.
0: Is there like an ideal guest? I'm sure you're getting hundreds of people applying. Do you think of someone who's just like, that's the perfect guest?
1: We have had so many great guests over the years that one particular guest doesn't. Actually, I can tell you three great guests. I'm going to yeah. preempt one of your questions, I'm sure, which is, <laughs> do I have a favorite show out of all 13 seasons? And... Um, we had the very first show, if you go back to the archives, we are in the archives of The Chronicle, but if you go back to the archives of Check, Please, show number one, I still remember my outfit. I had this little pixie short haircut, and we had one of the guests who barked on the top <laughs> the what? show. He was talking about his dog for some reason, and he went, rah, he started barking, and I thought, oh, this show's going to be fun. <laughs> and he was a memorable guest from from day one. But we just had a show this this season, uh, season thirteen, that had Chef Ryan Scott, who's also a radio personality and much more than a chef, and two uh, drag queens, San Francisco drag queens, that Sister one. Roma, yeah, yeah. and BB Sweetbriar. It was the best show we've ever done, <laughs> period. Uh, outside of the kids' shows, which we'll talk about next. But yeah. so, in terms of perfect guests, that there was such naturalness with all of these folks um on that show we had it, we were had so much fun we were laughing you know I, I knew that we could be really loose and and still be very articulate and so that was a very fun show to do so those were some perfect guests
0: I've classified the things I like about check please I have three okay um, easygoing vibes yes. set by you and your crew accessible restaurants i like that a lot i mean most of those places are places that i can afford that um have like fun food i can maybe even take my kids and number three the chance that the guests might turn on each other
1: (laughs) which is always a possibility
0: do you sense it do you know and and i should say the format they're all each person picks a restaurant, and then they all go to the restaurant. So a lot of these people have something invested, I'm sure, in their pick. It's a it's a restaurant that they know or they know the people there, and then sometimes it goes south.
1: Well, yes. So we have had more than 500 guests over, as I mentioned, over the 13 um, seasons and 500 restaurants. And so when when the guests and and maybe here's an ideal spot for me to talk a little bit about the process to answer those questions because um and answer those those points because the real goal as i said of me as a host and i think if i do one thing well on the show it is making people comfortable they they walk out there again they arrive in the green room the For show number one at nine o'clock in the morning. We do have a little wine, I must Mm -hmm. confess, for the adult um, in the green room to make people, you know, just loosen up a little bit, have fun. Um, They can choose to drink or not. And we get them out on the set, get them into makeup. They are not allowed when they meet one another in the green room because all three guests have never met each other. Mm -hmm. And when they meet in the green room, they are not allowed to talk about the restaurants so that everything is fresh and new. And then we go out on the set, and it is. There are three cameras moving electronically. There's there It's a big cavernous studio with this huge set. There are lights everywhere. There's, you know, floor directors with microphones. There's, you know, it's it's can be a little bit daunting. And so I tell them to focus on me. We're just going to sit here, be comfortable. I do a few little stretchy exercises with them. I make them, you know, put their shoulders back so they don't look slouchy at the table and, and do some fun things, and I just say, have a great time. So I really take that few minutes at the beginning of each show and tell them, don't worry about what's going on out there. This is this is us just talking. And I, I think that has been one of the most successful things is that we're able to just connect. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the first show, the first restaurant, because we do all three restaurants in a row, it takes them a couple minutes to get comfortable, and then by literally, by... 3 or 4 minutes in, it never fails. They don't even look around. They I always say, I have a teleprompter yeah. that I look to my camera and I only use the teleprompter to read the intro and the outro and uh, the restaurant close when we're doing. So I'll turn to camera and look at that. And so I always say, don't look at the teleprompter. And so the first minute or two they're all looking at the <laughs> teleprompter, you know. <laughs> and but after 2 or 3 minutes, they really, you know, get comfortable and I think that is has helped us be very successful because you do want to get the best out of folks. Yeah. Um, and so we, as I mentioned, we don't, I don't meet them prior. I read their reviews. I have maybe, or maybe not gone to the restaurant or know the restaurant or interviewed the chef. Again, I try to, to go to as many of the restaurants as I can. Sometimes I'll go to three or four restaurants in a night. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so we will just get on the set and you know, it, it, you know, it's it's all new to everybody, and they're they're new to each other. And so when you do get that potential for divisiveness, uh-huh. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's good TV, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I always say to them, be honest. This was your experience. But try to be constructive as well. You know, if you didn't like the fries, tell me why you didn't like the fries. Yeah. Were they too you know, too thin, too crispy, too... Don't just say, I didn't like the fries. They're terrible. Well, okay. That's valid, but why? And so where we've run into issues, there was only one show, and I'll <laughs> let you in on the secret here. I've had many shows where there's divisiveness, and again, I try to, I, try to keep it, I, I keep it moving. It's my job. I'm on a time schedule. I have a floor director giving me cues the whole time. And um, <clears throat> so I try to let them get their opinion in, I encourage people to stick up for their place, to, to, you know, say, yeah, but you didn't get the right order, or what are you talking about? And and then, um, you know, really, the that that's all good and fine when mm-hmm. we have that. A little discussion is great. I, I like that. I like when people give their honest opinion. I enjoyed this. I didn't enjoy this. I enjoyed this. One time on, I think it was two seasons ago, we had a woman who just had it in her mind that she did not like anything. <laughs> I don't know if she wanted her 15 minutes of fame for being for being cantankerous. Um, I don't know if... <clears throat> and we had a gentleman with a, a great restaurant. I can say that because I have been there. and um, And he presented the restaurant. And then the third woman was just one of those people that just sort of went along with things she was very nice she was articulate but the one woman just was hammering the spot ill-informed as well and and i have to try to not correct them on it you know and make them uncomfortable so i'll i'll try to gently say you know the correct correct pronunciation or or well that's not really true you know they do actually have the menu written in english not just spanish you know things like that so so but it was to the point where she and the other woman were just going, yeah, that was awful. It was there. And I kept saying, why? Tell me why. You know, I need to know why you you don't like this. And I stopped the camera. And I've never done that in 13 seasons. I turned to the camera and I said to the control room, stop. I said, I've got nothing left. I've used all my skill as a host to try <laughs> to get the answers out of these people live to tape, and I can't. And I had to just kind of kind school them. You know, I tell my kids, you push me a li- I got to big huge you know <laughs> box but you push me outside that box watch out and those two ladies did and i gave them a little talking to and then we went back to to work
0: and have another drink then,
1: <laughs> no i cut them off <laughs> <laughs> actually people just sip i think it just eases their you know nervousness at first
0: but as you're telling <clears throat> that story and i'm sure it was awkward at the time as you say the word divisiveness even there's a little smile on your mm-hmm. face it's um, good TV. It's good TV. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's good TV. And, and people have said to me, I don't really like the shows where everybody agrees. Or people have said, just as many people have said, oh, it makes me so uncomfortable when they're fighting with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, but you do that with your friends or family. Oh, sure. I love that restaurant. But what I don't like is the French onion soup. It's too oniony or, you know, that's really what we're looking for. Help for people who want to maybe visit the restaurant oh, okay, maybe I should steer clear of this and these are the things I should get.
0: Nice. So I'm I'm wondering who came up with the idea that, all right, this is going great. It's been going great 13 seasons. Let's bring some kids into the mix.
1: (laughs) Well, we have been talking about... A kids version of the show you know maybe just a special or something for a number of years and I'll tell you why it's because the feedback we get from everyone is oh my god my whole family loves to watch this my kids love watching this my my parents the grandparents love watching this and so we know that it's a a family-friendly show in the sense that it's so visual and really you do get hungry And and you know anybody who's interested in food regardless of age can w- can watch and enjoy and the driving force with kind of getting it on air this year was in i want to say in february i got a note to my office and it was a seven-year-old girl who wrote me a, a letter and in her handwritten letter dear leslie i am a huge fan of the show i am seven years old and one day i will have your job what <laughs> and i thought i love her this girl with gumption and she told me um, her favorite restaurants and why. You know, I love the orange juice. And then she drew a picture of me on the set with my blonde hair. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. and and it was just the cutest thing. And so we invited her and her parents and her sister to the set during a taping that spring. And we just kept going on and on. We really need to do this. And so we just made a commitment and said, let's get this together. And luckily, uh, KQED was able to run the uh, you know land the funding to do that Mm -hmm. for a four-part series and that was the the driving force behind it
0: and this is going to air it will
1: start november 29th Mm -hmm. and we we have released the teaser for the show and i'll tell you working with the kids you want to go back to the perfect guests these kids are all the perfect guests
0: so i i've seen a little bit of it and my observation is the kids seem way more relaxed than, oh. any, than most of your adults.
1: So much more. I, yeah. I mean, I got off the set the first day and I went, oh, I love these little people <laughs> because they make my life so easy. The adults get uptight. It's, again... Think about it like language, right? Kids yeah. learning a new language, they'll just say anything. They learn it so quickly because of the way their brains work and because they could care less what they sound like, and adults get nervous, and they're worried about what they look like, and, oh, my God, I'm sitting in this chair, and my roll of, you know, of, of stomach fat is hanging over or whatever. These kids, and we auditioned. So there are four shows, three mm-hmm. kids per show. We put out a note on Facebook, um, I don't know, two months ago or something, and we we thought we would get a hundred applications within forty eight hours. We had four hundred applications. Wow! And and these are filled out. These are not easy applications. This is not just saying a restaurant. This is writing reviews, etc. We narrowed it down to I say we my production my producers and the production team at KQAD are, who are fabulous narrowed it down to one hundred kids to get in the studio, and we had a variety of ways to interview them on green screens. You know, these kids had all passed the first big cut. And then I got to see them at the check please table. I said, because I wanted to make sure that they didn't get nervous. that when they sat down next to me, even though the cameras weren't turned on, you know they got to they were taking pictures and they were like, Oh, I love the show. I love you. And for me, it was such a joy to actually sit with these kids and see if they got nervous. And then at the end of that, we all sort of connected and talked about the, the kids that we thought were the most natural, really articulate. And so you do, you're exactly right. These kids, and we could have picked 25 of them, 40 of them that, that had such amazing talent in terms of being able to, to be clear, be articulate. Uh, I, I learned so many things from these kids. Uh, and, and to be comfortable. And that's really the beauty of what they bring to it, is this level of, of comfort.
0: Was the 7-year-old who wrote you the letter who's going to have your job? <laughs> <Is> she uh,
1: <laughs> She couldn't because the, 10 it, years was, old? it was 10 years to 14 years. So we 14. have two shows that are 10- to 12-year-olds and two shows that are 13- and 14-year-olds.
0: Okay. So I think of you... Um, pictured you know in, in just about every photo I've seen with the giant wine glass I always wondered whether you were really tiny or if the wine glass was I'm not tiny at all big. am I <laughs> no,
1: you're,
0: you're perfect size people
1: meet me and they go seriously it's the number one thing they say to me yeah They say oh my god you're so tall because uh-huh. I am tall to begin yeah. with and you know five foot ten tall and then you know with heels and I always laugh because it literally is the number one thing when people meet me and I go how about Prettier, younger, thinner. No, you're <laughs> tall. No. Um, so I am, I'm much taller, but we're, we're sitting. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what, what was, uh, how'd you do it with the kids? They come to the green room. What's their experience like? Their
1: experience is very similar. So um, th- they came to the, we selected, the production team selected the 12 children mm-hmm. to be on the show. And again, that was a really tough one because so many were so good. And it also had to do with what restaurants they had recommended. And so we could get a diverse... If you go into to the... Just while we're in production of any of the Check, Please! shows, in the production team's office, there's a there's huge bulletin boards with people's pictures and restaurants, and they move them around to try to... They like the person and the restaurant, but maybe their second-pick restaurant works better over in this show, so it's always constantly moving like a big puzzle. Mm-hmm. And so um, the kids were selected for them... Of course, their their presence as well as their restaurant. And um they got to the green room and we do just that. They get into a little bit of makeup and get their hair brushed and and you know, they get some some treats when they're in the green room and then get on air, but they're just more in in awe, like mm-hmm. this sense of wonder. There's not nerves at all. They were just looking around like, wow, this is so cool. You know. Nice. And so they get on set and the, a couple of tricks, though. So you ask that, what's their experience? The things that we learned mm-hmm. was we sit the adults down, and again, because I'm I'm tall, we tend if somebody is much shorter, we put them up on a cushion, a cushion. Mm-hmm. So we've had a couple of adults that have been two cushioners, three cushioners, a couple <laughs> three cushioners, but we don't want it to look like this, right? So with the adults again. But with the kids, we realized, of course, they all needed cushions because otherwise they would be, you know, their chin would be on the table. They were, they were little, and they needed apple boxes under their feet because their poor little feet were dangling down and they couldn't, you know. Oh, that's
0: adorable! Isn't
1: that adorable? We yeah. realized we didn't think about that, and we also didn't think because with the adults we moved so quickly, shooting three shows a day. With the kids, we shot two um, because we weren't sure how they would behave, and again, they exceeded our expectations in every yeah. way. But. They would get hungry i have kids you know they would get hungry and i went it dawned on me oh my god we can't shoot for an hour and a half without feeding them (laughs) because they're they're losing their energy they're losing their steam so so with each show we gave that brought out snacks and you know and cheese and and things like that so they could take a little break and we could feed them
0: my my experience with kids is feeding. Yeah, they got to graze. Right. And then the other thing I, I have kids, I coach basketball and I interview kids. Mm-hmm. And I notice that with interviews, especially as a journalist, kids are great. Unless their parents are hovering over them and then you get the worst answers. Right. So did you just, did you just send the parents down to Starbucks on Mariposa? The parents were
1: actually in the control room. So the control room is completely separate. We rarely have a studio audience. We do have a studio audience um, and I'm talking maybe 20 people when we do special charity Things we give away a set visit as a charity auction lot, and so we'll have um, VIPs and charity winners that come in and and sit during part of a show and watch. Um, it's not something anybody can do at all. It's just part of that. So um, we did bring the parents in for a little bit at the end of the uh, of each of the tapings, but they they no, nope, they were separated from the kids.
0: I I wanted to I'm going to jump around a little sure. bit because I got a few questions I've wanted to ask. First of all. I live in Alameda. It's very Mm -hmm. provincial. So when there's a check, please, that involves Alameda, I get super excited. (laughs) Um, One thing I've noticed is just because of I I notice where you come in Alameda, Monkey King, you did Monkey King. They're my softball sponsor. I mean, everybody (laughs) knows (laughs) Monkey King or people know Monkey King. You did a Lithuanian place. I had no idea it Uh existed. I mean, I've lived in the town and I had no idea it existed. It seems like there's... A diversity to the restaurants as much as the people who are um, are are reviewing the restaurants. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, like, what your science is for it in terms of who you're looking for, and and, and right terms of.
1: Well, <clears throat> again, I I I am the host, so I'm not involved with picking the guests, mm-hmm. but um, I'm obviously intimately involved with the guests and the restaurant once the cameras start to roll. But the way the process, the way that they do that, and it's so nice that you notice that, is, again, the focus of the show is to take real people and to discover their favorite places, 90% of which I haven't even heard about. And this is, I'm in the food and wine business. So so we're looking for those gems that that aren't part of chains. I think we've done a chain restaurant maybe once, and we, we heard about it, trust me. Um, so... We are looking for these things just like that, a Lithuanian spot that you who have lived in Alameda had never even heard of, yet it's somebody's favorite. So not only do they have to, when we have thousands of applicants, and again, we've had 500 guests on the show, so they do quite a thinning process. You have to fill out the application, every application is read, and if the first application passes muster, then they give you a phone call, the production team, And then if you sort of pass the phone call and articulate on the phone, then they have you into the studio and they interview you. And then to make it that far as big, and then they cut from there. And then they mix and match the restaurants. So, yes, maybe, you know, the Lithuanian place and the person who recommended it fits better with this show over here so that they have real diversity in shows, that we try to have different price ranges. We try to have, you know, family-owned businesses is really – Really, where we're at, and not always the most popular thing on the block. It's these hidden treasures, yeah. and that's the focus of the show.
0: So, how often do you eat out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so much I eat out. I have a good trainer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I eat out when I'm on the road, and I travel extensively for my other career as a as a wine expert and consultant and speaker. Um, and I travel. 150 uh, almost 200,000 miles a year some years as in this year and so when I'm on the road of course I'm eating out traveling I've been to Portugal Argentina Italy Spain everything this year um, so I don't I haven't added it up um, do but in- a lot
0: do you enjoy cooking
1: I love cooking when I'm at home I cook.
0: Okay, what's your dish? What's your specialty? <laughs> oh, like I a make th-
1: a few really good. And by the way, my house is the best for the... I, I got interviewed recently for... Uh, I live up in Sonoma County. I got interviewed recently for some of my favorite spots, and they asked uh-huh. me best bar to have a drink, and I said, my house, of course. <laughs> but after that. Um, and so my favorite dish is... Well, I do lots of different pastas, and um, I do a homemade. It's coming up on the holidays, and so our family tradition is to do... Uh, hand crank uh, ravioli I do ravioli from scratch so I'll make the dough I make the filling we do each and you know roll out the dough with the hand crank machine do that do the homemade sauce do the whole so that's one of my um specialties um I'm I'm pretty good at lasagna um I uh what else I'd I'd have to ask my family why I cook so much um what my go-tos are um I do a lot of stir fries, a lot of cook fish as much as I can. But nice. there's always good wine involved in <laughs> my house.
0: I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, <laughs> I, I just get that feeling watching the show that there's usually some good it's wine. It's my passion. I yeah. mean, I
1: love food, and I, I can't separate food and wine and the experience and travel. I it, All of it ties together in a beautiful, you know, little knot for me. So, But my background is as a wine expert and and. um I taste th- 3,000 to 4,000 wines in a year.
0: So that was one of my random questions. Mm-hmm. Are you giving the guests the good wine?
1: I do bring the wine. Yes, uh-huh. I do give them good wine. Yeah. Yes, I do bring the wine for them to share on set.
0: Because I wouldn't know. And, and so I write you... my reviews. <laughs> and
1: I write my reviews. So if you go online and you watch the show online, all of my reviews of the wines that we drank on the set are on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: noticed you started doing that a couple of years. Ago. I did. Yeah. I did
1: that. I think we started doing wine tips and spirits tips because again, that's what I do. So so um, and I do quite a lot of education all around the country, actually all around the world, when it comes to wine education. I do numerous classes in the Bay Area when I have a chance when I'm home. And um, yeah it's it's my it's my passion to to do that. So I wanted to make sure that we, and it, we're in the wine country. We're in the Bay Area. We're in we're in arguably the number one market for, for wine in the US. This coast and, and New York. So
0: is it still fun for you? Oh my coming? god, I love
1: it. I love it. I love the show. I love when we're in production on the show. It's aggressive because as I mentioned, we shoot three shows a day. We're in production mode. I'm going out to restaurants. It's um but it's always a discovery for me. I find new things. I'm always excited when I get the list of restaurants that we're doing. Going okay. I know that one. Know that one. Ooh, wow. That sounds interesting. Fantastic. So you know, it's. I, I actually went online today because I thought maybe you'd say. And your favorite restaurants <laughs> are Leslie. I can tell you my favorite drink, which I have tattooed on my leg, which is is rose champagne, <laughs> but nice. and sparkling. Um, but I, you know, and I because we've had Follow-up five hundred restaurants. Yeah. Are you kidding? No, you I'm dead a- serious. You want me? Yeah, I'll show it to you. <laughs> I have boots on.
0: That is excellent.
1: Here. Do you want to see it now? Yeah,
0: can I take a photo? Am I allowed to? Sure.
1: Um, I am such a lover of sparkling wine. Uh-huh. And of course, champagne is only from the champagne region of France. But sparkling wine, you have sparkling Italian wine and cava. Here.
0: Oh, I'll get in tight. <laughs> oh, that is excellent. She's not lying. There's, There's sparkling a big, rose.
1: A big huge glass of of sparkling rose that covers my entire calf, right? And yes. it's tr- And I did it on That's the T V show LA Inc.
0: That's true. That is so excellent. That's dedication <laughs> that to your is, job.
1: That is. People go, why didn't you get your husband's name? I said, well, I will. I adore <laughs> my husband. We've been married a long time. But listen, I will always love rosé champagne.
0: <laughs> listen, I wouldn't have doubted it. I mean, you know, I. I it seems like you have dedication to your job and your wine, but that is truly impressive.
1: <laughs> so that is easily my favorite. But um I So I had to look online because we visited so many restaurants, and Mm -hmm. all of them are on the website, of course. And I just jotted down going, oh, I forgot about that. That was awesome. That was delicious. So I do have a little list of some of just a quick scan of some of my favorites over the years.
0: Give me a few. Uh, Well, I know
1: you're an East Bay Alameda person. I just wrote Scolaris, Good Eats, because... Gimme the pizzas get oh and come the stromboli on. oh fantastic. they
0: took the stromboli off the menu and i i was going to protest yeah okay <laughs> great one good start. Duende
1: H- in oakland my friend paul oh very Canales, good. who makes unbelievable his his hamon room is incredible <laughs> um duende in oakland noodle theory provisions in oakland the restaurant out at Wente vineyards in livermore um san francisco canela i've done some wine classes spanish i'm a big, huge um, Spanish wine person. And so Canela, we did some Mm -hmm. great wine classes in their wonderful restaurant. Water Bar, Lamar, 5A5 5A5 Steak, which we had on recently for Wagyu Beef. Mm -hmm. And they have a whiskey selection there that is, bar none, one of the best in the city. Um, The Big Four is great. Um, uh, Sessions. Uh, oh, at the yeah. Presidio, which yes. I love. I always go there. I haven't I been there, place. but oh, that's on my
0: list, and now it's rising. It's fantastic,
1: yeah. and they've got um, a Jordan's, their Cicerone, who is a beer expert, and so basically like a beer sommelier, and uh, it, their beer selection there is incredible. I, I love it. The view is beautiful. It's one of my faves. Um, Poesia, Italian, SPQR, of course, Shelley Lindgren's, fabulous Italian restaurant, and then... Um, Sonoma. We've had on Vallette, Marin Sun Farms, Marinitas mm-hmm. in Marin, and Half Moon Bay. Half we've, Moon had, Bay. we've had we've uh, had Pasta Moon, and in San Mateo Viognier. Those are just some that literally I scanned through this morning and went, oh. So good! I forgot you about have that. I forgot
0: about that. Scheduled my next. Uh, you want my, me to leave you this? You, you, I'll leave you this. You've scheduled my date <laughs> nights for the next two to three I'll years. I'll leave
1: you this, my handwritten note of Thank some you. of my favorites. Right I'm gonna there. put it up
0: on the wall right. with all the signed autograph <laughs> photos. <laughs> I Um, I just wanted to give you a chance because I know you do a lot of different things and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you've written a couple books. I I
1: do have lots of things going on. I do teach some wine classes, as Uh I said, around the Bay Area when I have time. Hopefully, or usually they're sold out. They're small. Um, So if you go to my website, lesliesabracco.com and sign up for my newsletter, you will get notified or follow me on all of my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Leslie Do the same for, of course, KQED Food and KQED because they have all sorts of wonderful things going on as well, and finally, <laughs> and it's like Ginsu knives, right? And for $9.99, <laughs> you can get the additional. Um, <clears throat> I partnered with a company called Traveling Vineyard and did my first wine this year. Oh, which I'm sending you since wine. I broke it for you, in the I was bringing it to you. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm a big fan, needless to say, of sparkling, but also dry rosés. Okay. I've been drinking pink for and a and a. A pink, um, passionate pink prosthleizer. Can I say that yes. fast ten times? Um, for many, many years, and so I finally got to do a Languedoc Rosé, Southern French Rosé, and it's delicious. It's called Three Hearts, named for the special relationship I have with my mother and my daughter. And so I will send you a bottle. <laughs> well,
0: three I appreciate hearts. you trying. And you can go to my.
1: You can go to my uh, website as well, Leslie Swarako, or Traveling Vineyard, and type in Three Hearts.
0: Leslie did come into the Chronicle. Um, Smell like wine. <laughs> yeah, which was perfect. Which was so on brand. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
1: true. Uh,
0: so, and finally, Bay Area, uh, check please, Bay Area kids, and four episodes coming up uh, four episodes, over the holidays. And you
1: will love them. These kids are truly fantastic and and a great slice of the future of Bay Area foodies.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks I, I for having me. I enjoy the show and you know been watching kqed all my life and your show is destination viewing for me and my family so really appreciate you
1: coming on thank you for having me anytime
0: You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guest, Leslie Sabraco. The episode was produced by me, Peter Hartlob. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.